Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. I thought we'd start off with all the good news in the world. I like to call him the bearer of good news. Um, my friend, anybody who's laughing knows who I'm about to introduce, which is my good friend, uh, Ben Kenny. Ben. You like that? Yeah, I like the bearer that. of good news? Like, I, like I, I literally thought of that backstage. Yeah, I like that. Um, for those of you guys that don't know Ben, like maybe there's two of you in the room. Um, his best qualities, he's, he loves tacos, burgers, and he's a good friend of mine, and he's truthfully the smartest dude I know, so. I'm for sure not the smartest human. He was just putting men in a very specific <laughs> bucket of low intelligence. Okay, that's, that's, that's <laughs> true, that's yeah. actually factual. Yeah. Um, you wanna have a seat? Whatever you want. All right, let's okay. do it. So, Ben, just like we prepped, I wanna, st I wanna start off this conversation with I'm gonna to read to you something you read to me a few weeks ago. Oh wow. And I want, just want your thoughts on it, okay? Was it a dad joke? Uh, it was not, although that's normally what it is you're reading to me. You um, know, uh, the other day my, my dog had a fever and um, I got kind of nervous so I ran out to the store and, and, I, and I bought some mustard because I heard that was the best thing for a hot dog. It actually, you guys might as well laugh, they don't get any better. Might as well laugh, that's as good as it gets. No? Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> what, what did you, I? You shared a quote with me the other day. And when I say the other day, by the way, I'm a realtor. I do math like everybody else. So the other day might have been six months ago or it could have been actually three days ago. Okay. You said the road to success and the road to failure are almost exactly the same. I think it was Colin R. Davis that actually said that quote. When I say that to you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, the first thing that popped in my mind? Yeah. Was we're walking a tightrope every single day in our life and there's such a thin line between success and failure, between financial failure, between relationship failure, between health failure, between business, there's such a fine line and we just happen to be uh, in a moment in time right now where uh, our bad life decisions are being exposed. Um, Warren Buffett probably said it best. He said, uh, when the tide goes out, you see who's wearing swim trunks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've been in a world of abundance for a couple of years and, and we've, it's allowed us to cover up a lot of bad business and, and life decisions. And now we're being a little bit of exposed. And this also will be an opportunity to see who has grit and who doesn't. Yeah. Quitting's easy. Like some people make a habit of quitting their entire life. Every time it gets hard, they quit and they go into something else until that gets hard and they quit again and they quit again and they quit again. And, 
Um, that's a bad life to live. Why do you think they quit so much? It just seems easier. It just, it just seems easier, but it's actually not. Uh, you, you, you just start, whenever you start something new, there's this unfounded amount of optimism that, that gets us all excited. This is something, a new relationship or a, 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 a new house or new, new whatever it is, like just new shit. And, and, and we feel really optimistic about it. Uh, and then the reality sets in a little bit, right? And then that optimism kind of comes down to reality. And then if we aren't careful, we drop into this, this you know, this little pit of, I think the, the, the phrase is pit of despair. And, and then we're in this really bad spot and then we're thinking, what do we do, what do we do? And the easy thing is to quit and we go back to that optimism for a little bit and then we end up right back in the pit of despair. But real happiness comes when you dig your way out of that and, and you enjoy the journey. I spend a little bit of time in the, in the wilderness, I like to photograph animals through a scope, and that's that's where you get all your sun, the yeah, sunlight, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, every time I'm out there, I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, this is freaking hard. I need to be in better shape for this. Like, why am I hiking so far? Like, I want to quit every time. And then I get done. I'm like, that was the best week of my life. Like, I can't wait to do it again. But while you're there, you literally hate your life. And I imagine that's what people that run marathons feel like. I don't run like at all, um, but but I imagine when you're done with that marathon, you're like, oh, I want to do that again. But two hours ago, you're like, this is bullshit. This is the worst decision I ever made. I want to quit. How do I get to the aid station? Is there any freaking Ubers? Like you're you're thinking through all those things. Yeah. So that's what's going through my mind. Um, you know, I was having a conversation last night with a couple of buddies, Matt and Chris and Fred, and we were talking about. It's, you know, we talked to so many agents over the last couple of years as things have been easy, uh, easier compared to, to now, I would say, maybe a different hard, um, how easy it was to get distracted or how easy it was to think that we could get away with doing something in our business that, quite frankly, was, was equivalent to swimming without swim trunks, right? Yeah. Uh, and the, re the reality is if you actually want to keep doing that, you've got to go through that hard part. Mike, I'm more curious as to your opinion on why do, why do we as human beings, as business owners, tend to think like, hey, I'm doing really great at, say, real estate sales. Why don't I go start XYZ company too? And why don't I go start this other side project? What, what do you think that is that causes us to do that? I think the official quote, I, I, it might be the road less traveled guy, um, but he said the undisciplined pursuit of more the undisciplined pursuit of more. We actually think that more will solve our problems, so we add a bunch of more stuff to our lives. And it's fine when everything's going good, but when things start to change, it collapses on us. It's also boredom. Like, the most successful people in the world have become okay with boredom. Probably, it's gonna sound really rude, some of the most successful personal relationships have an element of boredom to it, but that's okay. They find excitement in it and they push they push through the boredom. Some of the healthiest people in the world probably eat the same exact thing and do the same exact thing every single day, right? But they push through that boredom. I don't know, we'll ask Brian and John next. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's get some we'll experts up here on that. Yeah. Um, now, I, I, think you, I think you raise a valid point. Um, boredom, getting comfortable with it is, can be a tough thing. Like, it can be a tough thing. Is there, how have you handled that personally? Well, I think the couple of topics that we've talked about so far, um, 
wanting to quit and boredom, the first thing I think that's really important is just to know that uh, anybody that's trying to do something awesome with their life is gonna experience both. But while we're going through that, we think we're alone. We think we're the only person that wants to quit. Somebody asked, I own a company called Brivity. Um, somebody asked me, well, why'd you never sell, sell Brivity? And I could give you a really valiant answer, like I care about the real estate community and I wanna be the only company not owned by you know, other people that I'm not gonna name today. And, um, but here's the answer, the truth. Nobody called me on the right day. Because <laughs> there's lots of days I would've said, fuck this, <laughs> yeah, you can have it. Yeah, there, there's tons of days. You actually tried to pay me to take it once, yeah, and I was yeah, like, no, no, bro. Yeah, well, well, why do we not quit? Well, nobody called us on the right day. But, but here's the important thing. If you feel like quitting, just know that it, it's actually normal, and it's okay. And if you don't feel like quitting, then maybe you aren't pushing yourself and living up to your true potential. One, Same with boredom. You've gotten good at that. I was, I was talking with Becky and Deanna last night, both partners yours, and... and dear friends, uh, and I was saying, I was like, you know, we're talking about have, repeating ourselves and like saying the same message, which can be boring. And I was like, you know, when I look at the conversations I've had with Ben, both in a group setting like this, a small group, or even one-on-one, -on -one, I, I don't know that, I don't mean this anything bad, but you, I don't think you've said anything new to me in a decade. You are still finding a way to say the exact same thing. <laughs> But I mean, you're doing all right. Like you're, I hear you're selling some real estate even in this tough market. It just goes to show like how hard it is to get him to listen. <laughs> Thank you for highlighting that, that, that thing. You know, I had a conversation with a, a leader the other day and he said, I, I'm really struggling. My agents aren't calling the leads. Anybody else ever experienced that in their life? No. no. I thought I was the only one, uh, one that did that. Uh, and I said, Take your frustration and point it back to yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's, that's a leadership problem. I said, let me ask you a question. You have children, right? And they said, yeah. And I said, how many times did you have to tell your kids not to touch something hot? But we think adults are gonna be any different? Like, you gotta have that same conversation over and over and over again, and you gotta find other ways to say it and unfortunately, you gotta find other people to say it to them, right? That is part of the secret of success is being consistent. Now, to go back to this kind of conversation on getting agents productive, um, I think a little bit like sending them to training and getting them in coaching and putting them through certifications, do all that kind of stuff, that's a lot like parenting. And when you, I, I, I'm 99% sure I have no children. So, so, so I'm gonna use an analogy that I, I think works. Um, when, when you have children and you send them to school, you don't get to pick them up eight, I don't even know the right amount of years, 12 years later or 13 years later and be like, oh great, I got an adult back. You send them to school and then at the end of the day, you bring them home and you say, how'd you do, were you nice? Did you do your homework? What do you have to do tonight? Like, what are you gonna do tomorrow? Like, we gotta have these conversations. But we often say something to our people once, send them out into the world and just expect for them to come back adults, but we're still the parents. You gotta say, hey, do you pack a lunch today? Do you have your shoes on the right way? Do you have socks on? Are you ready to go? What do you need? Do you need your field trip note signed? Uh, that is what real leadership is. It's just this constant conversation of caring. That hits. 
How about anybody else? Especially the, anybody with kids? Does that hit? It's a super, that's a super fertile group. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is realtors mostly. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean. You guys are breeders. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. So, dude, this year, I can't remember a time, seriously, for about 13 years, maybe 14 years, where I've had more, I don't want to use the word depressing, but tough conversations with friends, locally, around the country, different markets, to varying degrees, but some sort of like, this is really hard right now. Like some people are just like on the verge of being done, um, by choice or not by choice. Uh, some people are just struggling and not, it's like we all knew it was gonna get hard. I, I could swear you said this plenty of times in the last 24 months, like, hey guys, it's coming, it's coming. Um, but I haven't seen this many people hurting in business in a long time. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts on that. When I got it, when I got licensed, like it was already a mess. I got licensed in the middle of 07. Yep. So it's sort of already a mess. So I didn't see people go from a high to a, to a low. And I'm seeing it now and it, it sucks. And I'm just curious what you say to those folks. Yeah. There was some uh, meme going around like eight years ago, it was called like the realtor prayer. It's like, dear Lord, don't let me waste another economic boom. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> uh, Those laughs say a lot. <laughs> um, this is a hard time. Like uh, I was reading, I, I read a lot in the morning on mostly news stuff. And it, it said, uh, this is the lowest amount of pending since like 2001 which was like last month, and this month is a little bit worse. So this is the lowest amount of pendings our country has seen in 20-something years. So if that doesn't feel hard in your business or your life, like you're, you're probably lucky, or you're working super, super hard. But it is a hard time. Uh, it's the lowest amount of affordability that we've had um, since Goldman Sachs has been tracking affordability. Um, affordability, of course, is a function of interest rates home prices, and annual incomes. Annual incomes haven't kept up with the rate increases that we've had over the last 18 months or 12 months or whatever it is, and with home prices of uh, appreciation, just our friends and family can't afford a house, and those that own a house have no economic motivation to move, so it's only the um, divorcees, the marrieds, the babies, the job relocations, the deaths, the I hate California. Like, it, it's, it's people that have like a real, <laughs> significant reason to, to make a move. And that becomes our responsibility to reach out there and find these humans and let them know that um, we're here to help them. And if we're struggling in our business today, I bet you and your agents aren't having enough empathetic conversation with your leads, your database, and your class clients about how can I help you through this through this time, what do you need that's real estate related? Now we've, we've transitioned as an industry into being basically the tender of real estate. We, we're, we're super into one night stands. So like every eight to 12 years, we would love to have a little experience together. But that, the problem is after- we're, we're still talking about real estate, right? Yeah. Okay. I just wanna make sure. Ish. ish. Okay. Um, we wanna have this experience together and then we hope that they remember us in eight to 12 years later 
because we are in this transactional business where we help people in home purchase. But really, if you wanted to own the industry, which is where my mind and my vision for my companies goes, is I want to be in the home ownership business. And the home ownership business happens every single day because owning a home is somewhat bullshit. Like, it's freaking hard. I, I bought a home um, here in Arizona to work on my um, translucency. And uh, um, I have like this plumbing issue where is my master sh shower for some reason, it just turns cold. It's not like it runs out of hot water because it goes right back to it. It just like spurts like, like cold water all of a sudden. That's actually which, like, good for you. Which yeah. he does every morning like as a choice. Um, but who the hell do I call? I'm like looking through my house for a freaking phone book because that's how you find a plumber or somebody to solve these problems these days. Home ownership is relatively hard we as an industry should have a list of people where if we had one of those questions, or our, our database had one of those questions, we could say, hey, if anything ever happens in your home, make sure I'm the first person you think of, I will help you choose the right human. Then we're in the home ownership business, not the uh, home purchase business. Well, there's a very good chance that with this anti antitrust lawsuit, which will probably bankrupt an enormous amount of our industry, um, not to be like the bearer of bad news, um, that we as an industry may have to find other ways to get paid for the transaction. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm very focused on helping real estate agents generate income from other sources like mortgage and insurance and, and, and so on. Um, but the Buyer's Agency Commission might have to be rolled up into uh, home loan cost. The DOJ could say that um, sellers are not allowed to pay selling office commission. Could, I don't know the percentage, I'm, I'm just giving you possibilities. Um, those, are, those are real concerns, so I think in the long term we should start thinking about how do we find other ways to monetize the transaction other than just real estate commissions? I think I went way far off from your question. Yeah, I was just thinking like, how do I bring you back to, yeah. to my, the, what was gonna be the previous question? Okay, sorry, my, but I apologize. I like where you're going with that. And I'm a believer in, but right now we still get paid commissions. Yeah. And so we can't, I mean, we, we can't just assume what's going to happen, you know, that's going to happen. I think, yeah. I think it's very smart to be aware of it. Knowing that that might come down the pike, knowing where we are today, the reality of how we make money today, most of us, uh, what, what should we be doing? What's, is there anything different today? Or what do you wish you saw more of us doing? I think we get paid to help humans make good life decisions with their most valuable asset. And as long as we stay focused on that mission and having those conversations, whether we get paid in loan fees or we get paid for being a loan officer or we get paid from the seller or we get paid directly from the buyer, we're going to be fine as long as we stay committed to that and we have enough conversations to get us through this world. Now, I still sell personally, like 18 to 24 transactions a year, which doesn't, I know there's some really high performers in this room, personal production performers, um, but I still do my two. I call it doing the two, actually. Uh, because I know in the worst case scenario, if the world was ending, I could pay all my bills personally if I simply sold two homes. So I just kept a habit in my life of doing that. I've never got to the point where I say, I'm too good for selling a house. Now, I'm, I'm super picky. Like, I, I'm not gonna go show 40 homes, I'm gonna handpick the client, I'm gonna hand the rest off to the team. Um, 
most of them are not the highest priced homes because all my true friends are broke, you know, so they're, <laughs> but, but I try to make sure that I always do, you know, one or two transactions a month because I know personally I could always survive. So if we're a team leader, that's, that's your advice, that's I, advice I, number one? I tell my team leaders to do three things. Um, do two transactions a month personally or whatever amount of deals you need to do to take care of your personal expenses. Uh, recruit two agents to your team every month and spend 20 minutes every week with the people you care about the most in your business. And that could be your number one referral source or that could be your number one agent or that could be your number one staff members. But if you do those two, two and 20, you'll be fine as you go through this business. Even as the, like for those that run teams, if your business goes down by 30 or 40%, but you increase the size of your team by 40%, you're gonna make the same amount of money. If, if you increase your activities by 40% and the business goes down by 40%, you should make the same amount of money. So you can always take these things that are happening in the world and get it back to par by changing one of the variables. I think what you just said is we have to work harder for the same amount of money. <laughs> Well, is I, that the only one that heard that? I don't think you use those exact words. My dad said it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich girl as it is a poor one. So, I mean, there's other options out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, your dad's a wise man, by the way. Yeah. Currently living in my basement, not paying rent, and uh, <laughs> single. So, yeah. He's where I take most of my advice. He did not find the rich... <laughs> Also, same complexion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, same metabolism, too. So, all right, so doing, doing the two, um, what else should we be doing? For, so, especially for those, let's first talk to those who don't run a team. Okay. Solo agents. Like, they're going, dude, I'm, I'm trying right now. Like, getting the, the first two is hard enough. He, he, can I be redundant? Please. Um, I would expect nothing else. I say the real estate success principles to my team anytime I'm in front of them. So I might as well say them to you guys, even though that most of this room's heard them many times. There's only three things that make being a real estate agent makes you guaranteed success. It's one, it's saying the right things. It's a scripts issue. Two, saying it enough times. It's an activity issue. And three, have enough people to say it to. It's a leads issue. And if you solve those three things as a personal agent, you're gonna sell as much businesses as you need to sell. And if you're not selling as much business as you need or want to sell, then you've got to fix one of those three things. They're the only three things that determine success in real estate. Now, if you run a real estate team, there's a fourth one, which is have enough people saying it. Have enough, that's a number of members of your, of your team problem. But those are the variables that I would, I would put pressure on today of saying the right things really becoming masterful at our scripts and handling objections and being able to handle the interest rate scenario or whatever the new objection is today. The activities, making sure that, that not just you do a lot of activities, but you do the right activities. I built my business off of uh, canceled expired, so I'm kind of excited about the market shift because you know I can go out there and, and bring in my business by calling canceled expires and FISBOs, and I know that I can always get, get listing inventory. I think this will be a good opportunity for those that are willing to pick up the phone. But if that isn't you, what is the thing that would guarantee success? My number one rookie of the year sold 79 homes her first year, and she did 26 open houses in the month of December in Seattle. Well, Seattle in December is not a super pleasant place. We're dark at like 3.30 or 4. 
the weather is shit, it's cold out, but she did 26 open houses. That was her first full month in real estate, and she pended, uh, I think, a, or closed 11 or 12 by the end of February. She just put herself in the path of opportunity. So what are the activities that we could do today that would change the trajectory of our year? You gotta ask yourself that question, try some things. If it doesn't work, maybe pivot or add something else. Work harder. Work harder. I, uh, what uh, buddy of mine, Ronnie, said something. He, he gave another lesson with it, but he was using that quote, nobody cares, work harder. Yeah. This is just one of those times, right? Yeah. Um, one of our friends uh, launched a pretty successful podcast called No Days Off. Um, but, but I think that's, that's a kind of a mindset. Not that we should work all the time, but we should have our eyes open for opportunity at all the time. Um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who was looking for her honey bunny, her person that she wants in life. And I said, she's like, I'm struggling finding the right person for me. And I said, uh, do you have a list of what that person looks like and acts like and talks like and wants in life and, and, and feels like? And she said, no. And I said, well, how are you gonna know if you are standing in front of them. How are you gonna recognize them if you don't know what you're looking for? So she went out and she made a list of all these things. And I said, I want you to know if you're standing in Starbucks and this person is standing next to you, that if they hit seven of those 10 things, you look up and say, we should probably have coffee today. Like, if you don't know what you're looking for, how are you gonna know if it's standing in front of you? Well, take that same exact thing and put that into, I'm looking for a good deal. What does a good deal look like for you for investment or for a listing? What does your next potential client look like? What are you looking for for your potential client? They have motivation. They're willing to do a transaction right now. They either can pay in cash or they're already pre-approved. They're willing to be loyal and work with me. They know lots of other people, so they're gonna refer me business. Like, come up with your list of things of what your perfect client looks like, so then when you find it, or they're standing right in front of you, you're gonna recognize them. Same thing with team members. If you're looking for a new admin or a new thing, make a list of what that person looks like and sounds like and acts like, so then you recognize them when they're standing in front of you. I like that. What, um, it's been, so, I mean, we've, we started off talking about all the good news of the market and how it's been going, and I'm not gonna hold you to a crystal ball moment here or anything like that, but when you think about 2024 and beyond, what do you, what are you maybe excited about besides being able to call canceled expired listings? Yeah. And what do you see, what do you see as maybe our opportunity going forward? Yeah, I've been batting um, I have a pretty high batting record on predictions in the last three years. When COVID started in February of 2020, I did a webinar with Via Williams that said, this is not a snow day, meaning this is not an opportunity for us to stay home for a day or a week. This is gonna last a while. It could be months or it could be a year, it could be years. Well, it turned out we were right. And about two years ago, I started saying interest rates are gonna go to 7%. And then about a year ago, I said interest rates are gonna go to 8%. Even my lenders said, you're an idiot, it's never gonna happen. Well, what happened? It's not because I'm smart, it's because I read a lot of other smart people and I look at the data and I, and I look at the stats. And that led us to the situation that we're in today. So from a bad news perspective, we're gonna have a hard three or four months in front of us. It's gonna be complete dog shit, just be prepared for it, cut expenses, make smart decisions. You're gonna be, you, if you get through that, you're gonna be fine. Because somewhere towards first or second quarter of this year, uh, the Fed's gonna start dropping interest rates. I have a lot of conviction in this from the data from Goldman Sachs and all the other work that I do. Uh, and I think they're gonna consistently drop the Fed rate 
uh, for 18 to 24 months till the Fed rate gets to around 3%. A 3% Fed rate is going to leave our 30-year fixed mortgage rates at 475 to 525, uh, which is a very livable in our world, and we can actually run a great business in that. So expect 2024 to be filled with a great opportunity for 50 to 75% of the year. So in the first couple months of the year, you should be filling your hopper with people that would take action if rates dropped 1% or 2% people that would list their home if the market changed, for agents that do wanna fight and get through this business. Like we should spend the first two months making sure the entire year is kick ass instead of taking the first two months and feeling kind of bad for ourselves. Because I think 2024 is the year that this little economic chaos turns around. So I'm, I'm, when I say I think, it's only because I believe you and I've seen you be right about some of these other things. It's not like I've actually thought this myself. I keep seeing this meme in the last like three or four days, and it's got a picture of Jerome Powell, and it's like, oh, the interest rate, it's ba the gist of it, it, interest rates are gonna drop to 5%, and there's gonna be multiple, we're gonna have multiple offer Monday again on every Realtors Facebook page. Um, and quite honestly, I see that so much, it makes me believe that that's not actually happening anytime real soon. I think it's the thought of what you just said, but I think there's some rose-colored glasses where we, we think that's all gonna happen at somehow magically in the next 90 days. Yeah. I think the number one killer of a business, you guys are gonna hate that I say this, uh, is optimism. Actually, I think it's the number one killer of most things. Like we sit and we sit back here and think like, he's gonna change, or it's gonna change, or Bitcoin's gonna come backwards, or, or come back, or you know, like, or, or this. This property is going to cash flow. Like, like <laughs> I'm going to make a hundred grand when I flip it. Then I move into it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear yeah. that a lot. There is an unhealthy amount of optimism uh, with us sometimes, and it leads to mistakes. So you got to find that that balance of reality. Now I said the Fed's going to get to three percent over 18 months. I'm just saying that next year I think is going to be better. I don't think it's going to be amazing. I just think it's going to be a better, but we're going to go through a little bit of a hard time before we get to that. If I did my math right, you're, that's basically the end of 2025, beginning of 26, where you, would, where you were thinking it might actually, Fed rate might get down to three. Yeah, 18 months, roughly. That, I mean, that, that's not my prediction. It's, it's Goldman Sachs and, and a few other economists. They, they were expecting a quarter, paint, a quarter point drop every um, every quarter for 18 consecutive months or 24 consecutive months. Now, if we go into a deeper recession, the Fed will push that up and we could drop a little bit, a little, little bit quicker. Uh, we do have a presidential election year coming up, so that, that is kind of a, a, a good indication, like it's almost always strong because the Republicans want to get uh, elected and the Democrats want to get elected. It just, they, they want to do a lot of things so the economy is good by the end of next year, at least by November. Yeah. It's, apparently, it's going to help both sides. Yeah, right. They're both going to take credit for it, at least. So if we're back here a year from today having the same conversation, looking back on 2024, and you've got, what, 270 partners at place? And it's, it's your best year as a company, it's our, as, as partners, of which I am one. Collectively, it's the best year we've ever had. What's got to happen? What, what dominoes have got to fall in the next 90 days so that way over the next 13 months, you, Ben Kenny, 
So the founder of Place and, and the leader are like ecstatic. Yeah. Um, I'm equal partners with all my people, so I'm definitely not the leader. I'm, I'm partners in all those, in all those businesses, as I as I like to look at it. But we're all business owners, and um, business only has a few a few levers right now. Uh, we could control our cost of sale, which if you run a team, that is um, how much you pay your agents. Uh, if you don't run a team, it's how much of your business you pay out in referral fees to things like Flex or Homelight or whatever those other kind of services might be. Uh, we can control our expenses, which is how much money we pay to things like, like Zillow and rent and office fees and caps and, and marketing and all that other, other bullshit. And both of those, those two numbers, cost of sale and expenses, the only third metric left is profit because you take cost of sales and expenses, you subtract it from your total GCI, that equals net income. And our goal should be to maximize as much, as much profit as we can um, while still you know, taking care of our clients and all that kind of stuff. But the purpose of a business is to, is to make a profit. So if I was thinking about what a success look like for us next year, it's looking up and seeing that my partners had a very profitable year in spite of the economic turmoil. And when I think about profit in the real estate industry, uh, if you run a real estate team, that profit really needs to be in the 30 to 40% range. And if you run a real estate team and you pay your agents 50% of the commission and you pay yourself as an agent when you do production, that means that 50% of the revenue goes away right away. And if you wanna make 30 to 40% profit, that means you only have anywhere between 10 and 20% to pay any expenses. So if you made $100,000, you would, you would know that you could only spend $20,000 on all expenses. Cap, marketing, photographs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you focus on that, you have enough money left over that we can make investments and fund our retirement and buy real estate and do all that kind of stuff that we, that we wanna do so that we're a little bit more diversified for the next economic boom that we're gonna be okay because now all our hats aren't all in that one bucket. So getting it really clear on profit, profit basics, that's important. Yep. Um, what about activity-wise? Anything different other than doing the two or, and effectively more? Like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you say to that when it comes to activities? Is there anything different we should be doing coming up? I think you gotta ask, uh, here's a good question that I wrote down my entire career. Um, it was like a, kind of a reverse affirmation, like a negative affirmation. Uh, it was, uh, I care about my hourly rate. And I used to write that down on a piece of papers, like when I was on the phone with like a shitty customer. And, and I mean, like they're being mean to me, you know, like, like is this, I would ask myself, is this, is this worth it? Worth it? Do, should my time be better spent with somebody that I enjoy talking with or speaking with or working with? So I care about my hourly rate. So if you think about that, you would ask yourself every single day, how am I spending my time and is it generating the most amount of revenue for my life, my family, and my business per hour? And if not, you would make a change to it. Got it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, if, if we had time, we, we've got about 10 minutes left. Okay. Are you willing to, can we dive into a couple leverage models? Sure. And it just kind of like which, which basic ones? things. Which um, ones come to mind? I mean, team. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, 
Here, here's what I've observed and what I'm hoping you could share in a few minutes is I've seen as things were good, if you will, I've, saw, I've seen a lot of crazy team models over the last couple of years, super high splits to the agents, uh, agents with, without a clear direction uh, as far as what their, what their job is, like basically come in, get some Zillow leads, get some Ojo leads or whatever, and go close some deals. What I haven't seen is a lot of basics. And so if I'm a new, if I'm a new team owner, I'm kind of building my team up, and I come to you and I'm going, Ben, I'm, I'm not real sure exactly kind of what my next few steps are going to be. How do you, how do you advise me? And you want some drawings. Yeah, I, I do. Okay. You, are, you are an artist. For those of you who don't know, Ben's also an artist. Um, I'll, I'll do this kind of in my mind, like systematically as, as fast as I, as I can uh, with nine minutes and 21 seconds left to, to think about this question that we didn't prep for. Um, I gave him these questions weeks ago. Uh, if GCI is 100% and we subtract cost of goods sold and expenses, and expenses equal net income, let's work as a room real quick. If your cost of goods sold is 40%, uh, meaning you keep 60% of your commission uh, and, your, and you pay your agents, and your total expenses were 30%, what is your net income? 30, okay, great, great. That's a really bad example. Let's say your agents get 70% because most of their business is sphere and you came up with a goofy sphere model and your expenses are 20%. Uh, what is your net income? 10%. This starts becoming a problem. What if the market goes down 15%? What is your net income? <laughs> Fucked. Okay. So, so if, you understood, if you understood this business model, you would say, this is like a financial business model for a real estate team. You would start thinking about, well, what could I do to drive business uh, a little bit better? And you would have what I call a, a lead gen model. A lead gen model is for you, you and your team and it should be divided equally in half. How I separate this is what I call my agent's job and then uh, my business, and my agents do their job, I will let them into my business. If my agents don't do their job, I don't let them into their business. What is their job? Very simple, I ask them to work their sphere, which means on day one, they're gonna show up with at least 200 names and one way to reach them, so I can import them into our database so they can actually start working their sphere. And if they show up on day one and they haven't done that, that's actually their last day, they can go to the next team down the street because they're showing me they're not accountable. Now, when I teach my agents to work their sphere, there's also a model for how do you work your sphere, but we won't get into that right now. The next thing that my agents are gonna commit to is they're gonna do at least, uh, I call it face-to-face, uh, -face, or two open houses per week. That's a minimum. Every single one of my agents has to do two open houses a week. One at least has to be on the weekend. Now, down here, uh, we have our prospecting. This could be canceled, expired, FISBO, circle prospecting, whatever, but you're gonna pick a number that your agents are gonna call every single day. I like to choose 150 dials, because 150 dials on a dialer is like an hour and a half of actual prospecting activity, it's not a ton. Now, if an agent was to join my team and do this, they're gonna do 
on average a minimum of one to two transactions per month by simply doing these activities right here. Now, if they're doing these activities, I should make an investment back in them and help them for their business. So by doing so, if they're doing this, I'll let them over here to here and uh, I will let them into uh, things like internet leads. Now, you know that I'm old as shit because I use the E symbol for the internet. <laughs> these are pay-per-click, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Now, uh, this right here, LFL, these are leads from listings. These are leads from my actual listings that we're taking as a team, sign calls, that kind of stuff. If they're doing this sort of thing, I'll let them get the leads from my listings. That could be the sellers buying, it could be the sign calls, it could be uh, whatever, leads from my listings. And then down here is other, whatever your team does, geographic farming, agent referrals, um, online platforms, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, my goal is to help my agents do one to two transactions a month for my business so that every agent that we bring on has a vision to do two transactions per month, at least one from their own activities and one from me. And if they're doing great, they can do uh, you know, two from me and two from them. And, and that's a great, that's a life worth living. So my point of this is not that it's rocket science, but it's a business model that you could easily explain to a real estate professional and you could get them to actually do and it doesn't cost you a million dollars to run that business and it's truly a partnership. The agents invest their time and then you invest your money and energy and coaching and infrastructure to help them succeed. And if you're a solo agent, you start over here until you have the capitals to start investing over here. It's a very easy, easy business model. Each one of these things, can lead into a, a different, different model. And the goal should be that we have a model for everything. John Maxwell says systems make the ordinary extraordinary. We should be able to take an ordinary human, like Kevin, or Thank me, that's or a, me. That's the kindest thing you or right? Curtis have said about me in a long time. Uh, I, I think of Kevin and I, not as rocket scientists, we're, we're normal, humans and we show up. And if we plug into a model and a system, we should be able to guarantee success. And that's why people want to partner with you because you can guarantee success in real estate. We should have a model for everything. So give me another one or a thought or I can just... Leverage. Leverage. Can we talk like, cool, yeah. I want to... Maybe it's for me personally as I'm growing this team. Like if I've got... If I have a financial model where I'm paying out splits, that means I've got agents but I probably also need staff members, yeah. what, whatnot. So what, is, what does leverage look like? I know a lot of people, like, they're either afraid to hire or they've got PTSD from it because it didn't go so well last time. Yeah, or the which, is, which is hilarious because most people, when they went on a date with somebody and it didn't work out, they didn't, like, stop dating forever. Right. Like, they usually got back up and, and tried again. If I was to think about leverage, leverage is simply increasing our hourly rate. And how do you increase your hourly rate? Is you give things away that you could pay somebody less than what you believe you should be making per hour. And the leverage model in my mind is very simple. You don't deserve leverage if you're doing zero to two transactions per month. That's just normal real estate. But if you can consistently close three to four transactions per month, whether you're a member of a team or you're a solo agent, you should experience some form of leverage. That form of leverage uh, should be one of two things. It either should be some sort of light admin service, 
like a virtual assistant or a part-time admin, but most likely it's probably a show and assistant. Because every time that I've helped an agent or a team owner hire their own show and assistant, they went from closing three or four transactions a month to closing five to six to eight transactions per month. They traditionally pay the show and assistant 15% of GCI and they dramatically increase their hourly rate. Once you're consistently closing five or six transactions a month, you probably are gonna need some administration help because you're not getting back to your clients, you aren't asking for referrals, you aren't providing the level of service that you want right here. And then the last level, Kevin, is just building a much larger team. That's where you start shifting lead generation and production into individual buyer's agents or listing agents. Now, the problem that, that I see in the industry is we come up with this model for ourselves as team owners, but you don't create this model for every team member. So your team members quit your team because they don't see that there's a pathway to become you while working with you. If your people could look up and say, I could have everything that, that, that my leader has by working with you, by staying working with you, they would, they would never leave. Most people leave us because they don't see that we're a pathway to accomplishing their own goals and dreams. I would just like to point out, again, you have said nothing new today. Yeah, and you're welcome. Yet, I haven't drawn anything new either. Or, you, no, literally, you've been drawing the same things for me for well over a decade. Yeah. Uh, like I said, sometimes it's in a group setting like this. Sometimes it's, it's one-on-one uh, over a frozen yogurt in Bellingham and a notebook. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's over Zoom. But the reality is, is what I think I'm hearing from you is, is this just a time that we've, first of all, we've got to always be consistent. We've got to be comfortable with boredom. And right now, we just got to work a little bit harder and things are going to be okay. Would you sum it up any differently? Yeah, I just think that this is a unique opportunity in history for us to uh, remember that we really need to work on ourselves a bit. We need to work on our health and our empathy and our leadership skills and our communication skills, and that'll trickle down into our relationships and our finances and our leadership and our, and our businesses. So don't forget to work on ourselves during this kind of unique and weird time. Awesome. Guys, Ben Kenny. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.